You are listening to audio from First Baptist Church in Fort Walton Beach. If you would like more resources or to watch our service online, please visit fbcfwb.org. Listen in as Pastor Wade helps us abide in Christ and advance the gospel through the teaching and the proclamation of God's Word. Ten thousand steps. The health gurus tell us that a good target, a good goal for each day is that we take ten thousand steps at least to make sure we're getting the exercise that we need, we're moving around like we need, burning the calories that we need to burn. If I count up the calories I've consumed this past week, it would be a lot more than 10,000 steps I need daily. But, but that's the goal of the fitness community, 10,000 steps. Well, what if I told you that you should walk every minute of every hour of every day until you die. You would think, well, Pastor Wade, that's just, that's not even possible to walk that much. But what if I told you that I'm not talking about your physical walking. I'm talking about your spiritual walk, your walk with God. And I'm going to show us from the Scriptures today that we should make it our aim to walk with God every moment of every hour of every day until that time when we step into eternity. I want to talk to you about a lifetime of abiding. And we're going to begin in Genesis chapter 5. So turn there with me, first book of the Bible, Genesis chapter 5. We'll begin reading in verse 21. Genesis 5 verse 21. When you found your place, I want to ask you this morning if you are physically able to please stand with me in honor of the reading of God's Word, which is truth with no mixture of error. There in Genesis 5, verse 21, the Bible says, When Enoch had lived 65 years, he fathered Methuselah. Enoch walked with God after he fathered Methuselah 300 years and had other sons and daughters. Thus all the days of Enoch were 365 years. Enoch walked with God. Second time we are told that. Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. Let's pray together this morning. Father in heaven, it is with great joy that we gather as a faith family and fix our eyes upon Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. And to have this moment where we open our Bibles and open our hearts, expecting you to speak into our lives. And so Lord, I pray that as we study your word, you would move in our midst by the Holy Spirit, that our eyes might be open, that we would understand and that there would be a work in our lives to respond to what you show us. Lord, I pray that our 
our lives would be changed. God, I pray that what we talk about today would make 2022 look different than 2021. And we'll thank you and praise you for that grace. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thank you. You can be seated. Our mission statement as a church is to abide in Christ and advance the gospel. Those two realities are to be priorities in our lives individually and in our faith family. Abiding in Christ, advancing the gospel. Abide in advance, advance and abide. We've talked about that a great uh, deal. And I've talked to you about what it means to abide in Christ, to cling to Jesus, to stay close to Jesus, uh, to use the, the terminology from uh, Genesis, to, to walk with Jesus. And, and again, we've discussed that at great length. But I love looking at biblical characters uh, by way of, of case studies, to, to study these characters and to, to see a biblical principle played out in their lives. And I believe that Enoch is a, is a case study of what it looks like to consistently, daily abide in Christ, to walk with God, to stay in close uh, proximity to uh, the Lord. And so we're going to look at Enoch's life and be encouraged by his life to, to live out by God's grace and by the power of the Spirit, to live out a lifetime of abiding. Now, if you look at Genesis chapter 5, the greater context, you see that we are in the midst of a passage of genealogy, uh, going back to Adam, and it shows us how uh, the, Adam's family unfolded, the descendants of Adam uh, came into being, and how long that they lived. And it's, there's a lot of interesting information in this passage. In fact, uh, we saw Methuselah's name in the passage that we read. Enoch was the father of Methuselah. And we read down a few verses later in verse 27 that Methuselah died at 969 years of age. He's the oldest uh, recorded uh, person uh, in, in terms of age in the Bible. And, and so there's a lot of interesting facts like that in this genealogy. But as we see these different uh, people mentioned, and their descendants mentioned. There's almost like a, a, a kind of a, an aside here, kind of a parenthesis here, because when he mentions Enoch, uh, Moses, who I believe wrote Genesis, wants to say some more about Enoch here to, to really drive home a point and to make or to lift Enoch up as a case study for our consideration. So here's the question that I want to ask. What can we learn from Enoch about abiding? What can we learn from Enoch about abiding in Christ? And there are at least three answers to that question. Number one, and I've tried to put these in, in, in memorable sentences, so you'll walk away thinking about these different answers. Number one, put down the checklist. If you're going to abide in Christ, put, put down the checklist. This is a call for intimacy, intimacy with God. Now look what it says back in verse 22 of Genesis 5. It says that Enoch walked with God. And then in verse 24, Enoch walked with God. Twice we're told that he walked with God. So there's an emphasis here. And the Hebrew word is halak. And, and this word conveys ongoing intimacy with God. That, that Enoch walked 
closely with God. He maintained a close fellowship with God. He, he lived out this life of abiding. And so that reminds us of what abiding is all about. To abide in Christ, and I've told you this before, is to prioritize our relationship with God. That's what it means to abide in Christ, to prioritize our relationship with God. And just a quick reminder, we just sang it in the song Living Hope, just a quick reminder of all that Christ did to make this relationship available with God. Remember that we've been celebrating this time of year that Jesus left the splendor and glory of heaven. He took on humanity in the womb of the Virgin Mary. He was born of the Virgin Mary as the God-man, fully God, fully man, He lived a perfect, matchless life. He did not sin. There was no iniquity in him. He was the lamb, pure and blameless and spotless. And Jesus Christ, in obedience to the Father and of his own volition, went to the cross. And on the cross, he died as our substitutionary atoning sacrifice. In other words, he took our place. He took our punishment. He paid the price that we deserve to pay. He died on the cross for our sins. Amen? And after he paid it all, and died for our sins so we could be forgiven and washed in the blood of the Lamb. Jesus Christ was taken off the cross dead. He was buried. He was dead. And early on the third day, Jesus Christ rose from the dead. We, we believe in the bodily resurrection of Christ, that Jesus Christ defeated death itself. And so Jesus Christ came to defeat sin and death so we could be forgiven, reconciled to God, and know that we are going to heaven when we die. In other words, when we think about the gospel, we're thinking about all that Jesus Christ has accomplished, his finished work that enable us to have, listen, a personal relationship with God. And that's what Enoch's living out here, a personal relationship with God. Remember, first and foremost, when it comes to us practicing our faith, that, that we are not about religious ritual. We are about a personal relationship with God. And so when it comes to walking with God, we've got to be careful not to turn this priority of, of closeness and fellowship and intimacy with God, we've got to be careful not to turn that into a checklist. When... Uh, I was growing up in Burton Baptist Church in Perry, Florida. We'd come into to Sunday school, and uh, our Sunday school teacher would pass out little books for each student in the class, and the first page of this booklet had a checklist. Did you bring your Bible? Did you bring your offering? Did you study your Bible? Did you make any contacts? Did you invite anybody to church? And, and you, had to, you had to check this list. And, and, and we're going to talk about that in a few moments. There are some disciplines we need, some habits we need in our lives. And we'll, we'll get to that. But, but just as we think about relationship with God, remember that, that our, our Lord is a person. He's a person. And you don't engage a person through a checklist. Now, there are certainly things that we do to know Him better. And, and we'll talk about that in a few moments. But be careful that your relationship with God is not reduced to some religious rituals. Or let me say it like this. Look there in your notes. To abide in Christ is to enjoy our relationship with God. God is a person, the creator of the universe, whose whose 
made a relationship with himself available through his son. And he wants us to embrace him and enjoy him and walk with him and talk with him and be close to him because he is the greatest treasure, right? So be careful not to turn your relationship with God into a checklist because we don't treat any other relationship like that. Imagine if I got home from work and uh, I walked up to Claire and I gave her a big hug. I just hugged her, a little kiss on the cheek, just being a sweet husband. And then I pulled a piece of paper out of my pocket, turned my back and went, check. And then after dinner, I said, uh, Claire, I know that quality time is important to you. That's one of your love languages. So I'm going to, first of all, I'm going to help you with the kitchen. We're going to, we're go, I'm going to help you, until the, I'm going to make the kitchen spotless, working side by side. You can tell this doesn't happen a whole lot, by the way, I'm talking about it. But. And then we're going to sit down at the kitchen table and we're going to look into each other's eyes and just spend time together. I know there's a game on. I know Seminoles are playing basketball tonight, but I'm, who cares about that? It's me and you, Claire. And we sit down at the table, and we spend quality time looking in each other's eyes, and after a few minutes, I turn my back to her and pull a piece of paper out and go, check. Now, if Claire found the checklist, would she feel loved? No. Are there things I need to do as a husband to express my love? Yes. Are there things I need to do as a husband to spend time with her and make sure that we're connecting on a relational level? Yes! But it's not a, a checklist. A marriage is something to be enjoyed, right? And our relationship with God is meant to be enjoyed. And so put down the checklist and spend time with Him. Walk with Him every day. Talk with him every day. Realize he's a person that makes himself available to you that you might know him better and better and better and better. Put down the checklist. Number two, get off the roller coaster. Enoch uh, uh, models for us what it means to get off the, the, the faith roller coaster. This is a call for consistency. Now look back in Genesis 5, verse 21. Where it says, verse 22, where it says, Enoch walked with God. Then in verse uh, 24, Enoch walked with God. The, the Hebrew tense of that verb is the Hitpael tense, which means that it, 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 it emphasizes continuity of action. So this means that as, as, a, as a characteristic of his life, Enoch walked with God. He was consistent. This happened in his life continually. It was not a one-time thing or it was not an up-and-down thing. It was a consistent characteristic of his life. And here's what I want you to understand. That God wants us to walk with him consistently. You ever felt like your spiritual life is a roller coaster? You're up one down and... And up one day and down the next day, or you have a good week, then a bad week, or a great year spiritually, then a mediocre year, a mediocre year spiritually, and, and you're just kind of up and down, and it feels like a roller coaster. 
Enoch models for us what it looks like to be consistent, not up and down, but, but consistently walking with God. And here's what I want you to understand. God is pleased by consistent abiding. In fact, I want you to see what the writer of Hebrews has to say about Enoch over in Hebrews chapter 11. Turn there with me. Hebrews chapter 11. This is the well-known chapter called the Hall of Faith, Hebrews Hall of Faith. In Hebrews chapter 11, look at what the writer says about Enoch's faith. Verse 5, Hebrews 11 verse 5, By faith Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death. He was not found because God had taken him. Now, before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. Now, you think back to Genesis where it says he walked with God. Where did it say that he pleased God? Well, when some Jews translated the Old Testament into the Greek language, uh, shortly before the time of Christ, they translated this Hebrew phrase, walked with God, into the Greek. And when they put it in the Greek, they, they translated it as pleased God. And that's the translation here that the writer of Hebrews is using. The point here is this. By his walking with God, he pleased God. When we put all that together, that's what we learn. Now, the context of Genesis 5 teaches us something very, very important. I don't want you to miss this. If you look back in chapter 5, you see where it is placed in the unfolding story of Genesis. Chapter 5 takes place after chapter 3, which means the fall had happened. Sin had entered the world through the disobedience of Adam and Eve. And we see the corruption of sin almost immediately when Cain kills Abel. And we see the, 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 the effects of sin spreading throughout the descendants of Adam. And this is, chapter 5 of Genesis, is before the flood. It gets so bad that God destroys the world and starts over with Noah and his family. So right there between the fall and the flood... As things get worse and worse and worse, and there's sin and iniquity and depravity everywhere, what's Enoch doing? He's walking with God. He is pleasing God with his life. Let me tell you why that's important. Just the other day, maybe last week, I was in my vehicle driving, I was by myself, and I just began to think about what's happening in society. And I just begin to feel my heart burdened by, by all that's going on, the, the, the rapid acceleration that our society is, is taking in the, the wrong direction. And my heart began to feel heavy. I began to think about my kids and my kids' kids and what, what they're going to experience as they, they get older. And, and I just thought about how, how there's ungodliness just surrounding us and pushing in upon us. You know what Enoch shows us? Enoch shows us that you can live in the midst of great sin and iniquity and evil and still please God. You can, listen, you can be a shining light in the darkness. You can be salt. You can make a difference. You can, in the midst of great evil, consistently walk with God. Or let me say it like this. It is possible by the power and grace of God to live a consistently godly life 
even if the majority of people are not. That's true in your workplace. Maybe you're in a workplace that is not spiritually edifying. There are people that are opposed to the things of God all around you. And it's hard. I mean, it's hard to, to, to live for Christ in that setting. You feel like you're being bombarded and attacked and, and marginalized, and, and it's difficult. But, but Enoch says you can, you can walk with God and please God in your workplace, even if no one else is. Amen? Or maybe in your family. Maybe you had some family time this week, or you're going to see some family, and, and maybe there's a, a, a large number of family that doesn't share your values and hold to your faith. And, and uh, when, you, when you show up to your family or they show up to your house, it, you feel like it kind of sucks the spiritual life out of you. And it's hard to, to live for Jesus and let your light shine around your family. But Enoch reminds us, listen, you can let your light shine among your family. Or maybe in your school, maybe you're in middle school or high school or, or college, and everywhere you look, there, uh, there's just ungodliness, and not many people share your values or share your faith, and you feel like you're being attacked and, and bombarded by the ways of the world. Enoch. Enoch, right between the fall and the flood, is living a, a godly life, walking with God, pleasing God. By the grace of God, you can walk with Him too. It's possible. And so, Enoch reminds us that we need to get off the roller coaster. God's looking for consistency. I don't know about you, I don't like roller coasters. Do you like roller coasters? I endure them for my kids' sake. My oldest, Cameron, this was years ago, we were at, we were at SeaWorld, and, and uh, he was into roller coasters, so I'm trying to be a good dad and spend time with him. So I just, I, you know, whatever he can ride, I can ride too, right? And uh, we got on this roller coaster called the Kraken. I don't know if you've ever been to SeaWorld. And, um, and I wasn't really paying attention, but Cameron wanted to go the quicker line, and so somehow we ended up on the front car of the roller coaster. I don't know how it happened. And when I realized what was happening, it was too late. The guy was pushing the bar down on my lap. And, uh, and Cameron's excited, and I'm terrified. And, and so this, this roller coaster, uh, if you've never been on it, uh, I don't recommend it, but it, 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 it has this big you know, climb, and then, it, and then it goes over the climb, and, and you can't see the track anymore. That's how vertical you're going, and it's heading towards water. And so it looks like you're heading right for the water. At the very last second, it, it curves away from the water. But when you come over the top of that road, I mean, it looks like you are hurtling towards uh, the water. It was terrifying. And uh, I don't like that feeling of going up and down. I don't like the way that feels. And listen, I don't like the way that feels spiritually. Do you? Ups and downs. Enoch shows us you can live a consistently godly life. Not perfect, but the Spirit of God is working and sanctifying you and making you more like Jesus in a consistent way. That's what God is pleased by. In fact, over in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, he says, Let us run with, with endurance the race that is before us. In other words, the Christian life is not a 100-meter sprint. It's a, it's a marathon. And God wants us to run it consistently, keeping our eyes fixed upon Jesus. Here's the third thing, and we'll be through. What does Enoch teach us about abiding? 
Put down the checklist, get off the roller coaster, but number three, stop spiritual drift. Stop spiritual drift. Look back with me in Hebrews 11, verse 5. By faith Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death, and he was not found because God had taken him. Now before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God, and without faith it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. When I say stop spiritual drift, that this is a call for diligence. Diligence. We need to be diligent in our walk with God to make sure we are putting ourselves in his path so we can be changed by him. It mentions here, in connection with Enoch, the kind of faith that pleases the Lord. Because it says there that, that the one who would draw near to God must believe a couple things. He must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. But look what it says earlier in that verse. It says, whoever would draw near to God. If you want to draw near to God like Enoch, there are some things you need to understand. This word draw near means to, to approach, to come close to. And then it uses in verse, uh, verse 6 the word seek. He rewards those who seek him. That means to, to, to search diligently for. That's what that Greek word means. Loanata say it means to exert, listen, considerable effort and care in learning something. To make a careful search. To seek diligently to learn. To make an examination. So it means here that someone is diligently making an effort to seek God. Let me ask you a question. Would you characterize your Christian life in 2021 as diligent? Diligent. Diligently. Giving effort to seeking after God. Or was it haphazard? Enoch here, the kind of faith Enoch displayed is a, is, a, is a faith that was diligent. You see, abiding does not happen by accident. We must be intentional because if we are not intentional, listen, we will drift away from God. You never accidentally draw closer to God. You've got to make effort. You've got to be diligent. Growing up in Perry, Florida, we'd go out on the flats to fish, and we did a lot of trout fishing, particularly in the winter months, and we would uh, be on, on the boat, and, uh, and if we weren't really finding some fish, we would allow ourselves to drift for a bit. And maybe if we got on some fish, we'd put the anchor down and, and stay in that spot and fish, but, but a lot of our trout fishing, we would drift. It was amazing, amazing how quickly your boat could drift from one, from one spot to the next. You look up and you are, you are uh, hundreds and hundreds of yards away from where you started. And it happened quickly. Drift. And, and the same thing happens spiritually. If, if we don't have our spiritual motor running or our spiritual anchor down, the currents of this world will push us away from God. And listen to me. You don't have to do anything for that to happen. Just do nothing, and I'm telling you, you will drift. Godliness does not 
happen by accident. Abiding in Christ, walking with God, does not happen by accident. We must be intentional. Say, wait, what's it like to be intentional? Well, I told you to put down the checklist when you relate to God, but there are some habits that you need to have in your life. Habits of holiness. Some people call them spiritual disciplines. Some, 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 some means that God has put into place that if we use them, we will know God better. Like reading your Bible. When you read your Bible, God is speaking to you. Amen? That's why, you know, we're getting close to 2022, and you've heard me say it hundreds of times, I'm a proponent of a Bible reading plan. We have some type of plan to read through the entire Bible over some period of time. I do it every year. I read through the Bible every year. But you can make it a two-year time period or, or three-year time period. But some kind of plan where you are consistently reading through the Word and allowing God speak to you from every book in the Bible. It's a life changer. It's a game changer. Because you are positioning yourself in God's presence to be changed as He speaks. Or prayer. The Bible's God talking to you. Prayer is you talking to God. Talk to Him as you spend time with Him alone in the mornings. Talk with Him in your vehicle on your way to work. Talk with Him throughout your day. When things go bad, talk to Him. When things are going good, praise Him. When you need some wisdom, ask Him. But talk to God. Not a checklist, but He's there for you. And He invites you to draw near and come to Him. So talk to Him. Be involved in church. You have other believers around you to encourage you to, 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 to live for the Lord. We could go on and on, but, but I'm not talking about checklists here. I'm talking about some, some habits in your life that allow you to step toward God, to seek God instead of, of being pushed away by the currents of Satan and self and sin. Be intentional. As we're moving into a new year, be intentional. Think about some habits in your life that can help you draw closer to God. You see, diligence is an outworking of our faith. It says there in verse 5 uh, that by faith Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death. He believed in the reality of God. It says in verse 6 that those who would draw near to God, verse 6, must, must believe that he exists. And so Enoch believed in God, the reality of God, and also Enoch believed in the reward of God. Look what it says in verse 6. That he rewards those who seek him. Listen to me. Enoch believed, listen, that there was reward in seeking God. He believed that, and I believe that. That, 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 that we experience the smile of God in a special way that we would not if we were not seeking Him. And God shows us this in a dramatic way. You see, God didn't even allow Enoch to die. He took him directly to heaven. It says in Genesis, 
Hebrews helps us understand exactly what that means. It says he was taken up, verse 5, that he should not see death. And so Enoch's walking with God. He's living for the Lord. And all of a sudden, when God says it's time, instead of him dying, he takes him directly to heaven. Now, what does that entail? I have no idea. But it's pretty awesome, right? Happened with Enoch, happened with Elijah. Everybody else, they had to go through the the doorway of death. Not Enoch. Directly to God. Now, now why did God take Enoch directly to heaven? I believe God did this as a witness for you and for me. He did this as a witness that God honors the life that honors him. It's it's an illustration of verse 6. That he rewards those who diligently seek him. So I believe there is reward when we seek God. Now maybe it's not God taking us directly to heaven instead of death. That was for Enoch. It was an illustration. It was meant to convey the idea of reward. But there is reward in seeking God. Have you ever, have you ever heard someone say that's lived for the Lord for decades? Have you ever heard someone say, you know, I, I wasted so much time reading my Bible. I wish I wouldn't have done that. Have you ever heard someone say that? I've never heard someone say that. Now I've heard people say they wasted time doing other things. Have you ever heard someone say, I, I just prayed too much? No, no one says that. Because we experience the reward, the blessing that comes from walking with God. And we know that we should not do it less, we should do it more. The regrets that we will have before we step into eternity are regrets that come from not walking closely with God. I saw this zinger the other day. And uh, boy, it it's, it's a tough one. You ready for this zinger? I saw this written. One of the purposes of social media will be to prove on Judgment Day that we had enough time to seek God. No, no one's going to stand before God and say, I didn't have time! When we have hours of scrolling on Facebook. <laughs> right? And that's just the the time waster of the day. There are other time wasters out there. There always are in human history. But here's what I want you to understand. You do not accidentally draw close to God. There must be effort, spirit-empowered, biblically-guided effort. But you've got to take a step to seek Him, to walk with Him, to draw near to Him, to know Him, to walk with Him, to talk with Him, to worship Him. These are the habits of holiness that you and I need to live out. So stop spiritual drift. What do we learn from Enoch about abiding? We can put down the checklist and enjoy God. Enjoy a relationship with Him. We, we can get off the roller coaster instead of up and down, even in the midst of an ungodly culture. We can live a consistently godly life by His grace. And uh, 
we can push against, we can push against the currents that take us away from the Lord. And we can draw near to Him in relationship and experience the, the reward of that seeking. And so I hope that God will take the example of Enoch and, and burn it on your heart and burn it on my heart and burn it in your mind and burn it in my mind that we might think about what it might look like to be an Enoch in 2022. Thank you for listening. We pray you've been encouraged and inspired by God's Word. May the Lord richly bless you.